Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. Merry, Merry Christmas. So glad that you're here. Thanks for coming out. Hey, before we get started, one of the things um, next week, uh, you heard we're going to have a prayer service at uh, 10 o'clock here. That's the only service we're going to have on New Year's Day. But in the uh, back in front of you, the row in front of you, there's these little cards, these prayer cards. And um, one of the things that we're going to do during this prayer service is we're going to take all those prayer cards, we're just going to put them up here, and we as a church are going to pray through, we're going to pray over all of them. And so um, if you have a prayer request, I want to encourage you to go ahead and fill that thing out. You could drop it in the pedestal. Now, other people are going to look at it, but other people are going to pray for it, okay? So I want to encourage you to do that. So if you were, um, from June to September, if you were to look at the southwest sky, and just a little bit above the horizon, you'll see the Serpent's Constellation. You can only see it that time of year. And then if you were, you could probably see that with the naked eye, but, but if you had binoculars or a decent telescope, just a backyard telescope, you could go in there and you would see uh, the Eagle Nebula in there, which is pretty, it's a pretty beautiful thing, have it right behind us there. But then if you, were, if you had like a Hubble telescope in your backyard and then you zoomed in 7,000 light years, top there is about as big as our solar system there. Just an amazing thing as you look and go a little bit deeper. Now, the neat thing about that, the pillars of creation, there's two reasons they have that name. And one is uh, that what we see there is we see stars as they were forming, which is just amazing. But they got that name, NASA actually picked that name from a sermon from a guy named Charles Spurgeon. And it was in the 1800s that uh, he was probably one of the best preachers that ever been around. He used to preach like 30,000 people, no microphone, and he was just leading people to Jesus all over the place. And it's from his sermon. And I just want to read uh, where they picked this up from. It's really, really cool. And he's talking about Christmas, and, and Spurgeon says this, and now wonder, ye angels. So angels, as you see this, the infinite. So God has become an infant. He upon whose shoulders the universe doth hang. So he holds everything together at this time, hangs at his mother's breast. He who created all things, and here it is, and bears up the pillars of creation, hath now become so weak that he must be carried by a woman. Amazing picture of Christmas right there. Now, as I was growing up, if I were to show you a picture of Christmas, I grew up in the Lutheran church, and this was kind of like a Lutheran Christmas. That's, that's like a typical picture for me. That's nativity, right? And so now that, that's, it's beautiful, and it's true, and it's powerful. And, and if you think of the story, you could read about it in Luke 2. In fact, if you don't have any such tradition, I would encourage you, before you open your presents, um, just read, read Luke 2 and read what happens here. And, and many of you know the story. So uh, the angel comes to Mary and she says, you're going to have a baby and he's going to be a savior, the savior of the world. And then of course, uh, as she's very, very pregnant, Caesar Augustus, he says, everybody's got to go to their hometown. So he's a Roman emperor and you got to go get counted and uh, be taxed. And so Joseph, he also has to go and he goes up to Bethlehem and he's taking Mary along, but she is really, really pregnant. I mean, it is time. 
And so they're looking for a place to stay. And uh, as many of you know, they can't find one. So they have to, their best option is a stable. And so they go to a stable that maybe looked a little like that. I don't know. And, and as they were there, that's when the Christ child comes. And then um, angels appear to shepherds who were nearby and tell them that uh, in the city of David, the Savior is born and he's Christ the Lord. And the shepherds say, well, let's go find out. And they all, all the angels came and were singing glory to God in the highest and peace to us, to people on earth. So that's, that's the story, that's the facts, that's the account. And it's beautiful and it's good. But if we were to, just like we looked into that little eagle nebula and look a little deeper, if we looked a little deeper into this story and saw what's behind it, let's zoom in a little bit on this one right now. would actually take us to John 1. And that's actually what I want to talk about this Christmas Eve. And so Luke 2 is where we find out what happened, but John 1 is actually where we find out why it happened. John 1 is where we find out what it means. So if you have a Bible, you can follow along here. We'll have it up on the screen, but we're going to just jump in. I'm going to actually go through these verses here in John 1. And so in the book of John, the very first chapter, the very first verse, it says this, in the beginning... So the very start, reminding us kind of of creation, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Okay, now who is this Word? Well, we'll just jump down for just a minute to verse 14, and it says, the Word, the very one we were talking about, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we're talking about Jesus And it says, in the beginning, Jesus was. He was with God and he was God. Now, that word for, the the Greek word for word is logos or logos. And and it means word, it means expression, it means thought. It's actually the word that we get our word logic from. And so I want to look a little bit, just this Christmas, get a little beyond the familiarity of the nativity scene. And I want to talk a little bit about the logic of God the thoughts and expression of God that we see in Jesus. So let's just pick up where we left off in verse three. It says, and through him, through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So he was not created. Anything that was created, he created. And you see that this is so much more than a baby and some sheep and some shepherds and a donkey. See, what you have to understand that the logic of God here is that this is the arrival of the divine that Jesus is the creator, that Jesus is actually the pillar of creation that it all hangs and rests on. And so therefore, Jesus is not just a good option for a belief system. It's not just like one of the good religions. Jesus isn't just like a really smart guy. Or like the logic of the world says, you know, he's just a really good moral teacher. No, no, no. See, that's our logic. The logic of God And his word is that he is the presence of God, that he is the nature of God, that he is in the form of the creator, that he is the plan of God, that Jesus is the logic of God. So let's go a little deeper into God's logic here in verse four. And it says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. 
And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. What we see here in this little passage is that God's logic is a little foreign to us. And his logic's not like our normal logic. Gene and I, uh, we went and saw um, what the movie, it's called uh, Spirited with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Listen, if you're going to be a, mu- a musical, you need to tell people before they come. Like I, I had no idea that thing was a musical. I was like, what? Whoa, what's going on here, right? And so um, we, we watched it and um, we got in the car and I told Gina afterwards, I said, you know, I would recommend that movie to uh, no one. That, that, was, that was just my, my opinion of it. So, I mean, other people might like it, but, um, I, you know, they were just singing the whole time. And so it was, uh, it was based on uh, Dickens' uh, classic, uh, you know, Christmas Carol, another kind of remake of that. And there were some clever things in it. But um, the big problem that they were trying to answer the big question of the whole movie was this, how do you redeem the unredeemable? And so there were two people in that movie that were unredeemable. And so one was Ebenezer Scrooge, played by Will Ferrell, and the other was Ryan Reynolds. And these guys cannot be redeemed. And so um, we got an answer, finally, at the, and it answered the question. At the very end, the big, of course, it was a big dance number with dancing and buses and all this kind of stuff, and, and the song tells us, basically, here's the answer. Here's the world's logic. How do you redeem the unredeemable? We're all a little good. We're all a little bad. Be a little more good than bad. That's the answer. I want you to understand that is not the logic of God. His logic is that there is darkness in our hearts. And the only way to expel the darkness in our hearts is with complete light. The only way to expel the darkness in our hearts actually is with his light. I got this really cool new, uh, new gift here. And uh, I got it on eBay. I don't think you'll be able to find one of these. It's one of a kind. It's a, some people have flashlights. This is my flash dark. And it's, it's incredible. And so, watch, I'll just show you. If I can turn it on right here, I'll... If I point my flash dark over there, see how that works? Isn't that cool? And then I'll turn it off now, and then uh, I could take it over here. There, see flash dark right there. And it's got different settings, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it on full. You want to see what it can do on full? Here, watch this. This is full power on my flash dark right there. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, so that's my flash dark. I could see if I could turn it off here. There we go, yeah. It takes a little while for it to go away. <laughs> So, you know, the reason that you are never going to be able to buy a flash dark is because there aren't different variances of dark. Now, there's different amounts of light, right? But dark is just the absence of light. Dark is no light. And here we are, we're saying, well, just kind of let's, let's not be as dark. But here's God's logic. You are either light or you are dark. And less dark, I'm afraid, is still dark. And the light must be completed. And it only comes through him. And see, that's the thing is it's not our logic. Our logic is what? Be a good person. Be the least dark that you can. But here's the thing. No one can be all light. And you know the other problem with it? Is our definition, our logic, the, the, the definition of goodness changes. Have you seen it changing? Minnie Kaling, she plays um, Kelly Kapoor on um, The Office, or she did. And she, I don't know if you saw, it was an interesting interview at uh, uh, Good Morning America. And she said, uh, they asked her, hey, you should do a remake of The Office. And she said, we can never do it. She said that we would be canceled so fast. She said, the things that we got away with then, we can never get away with now. Because things have changed. You see that? 
Do you see how what's right and what's wrong changes? That's why Disney has to scrub some of their movies, right? Like, oh, that can't work anymore. That used to be okay, but now it's wrong. And I, I, I don't think you can say it's because we just have higher standards now. We've just become a much more moral people than we were 10 years ago. No, the target is just moving, right? It's, well, well, what we feel at the time, that's what's good. And what we feel at the time, that's bad. See, but that's not God's logic. God's logic is he is good. His logic is his ways are good. That he actually defines good. And if you want to know what's right and what's wrong, you look to him, regardless of what you feel and what you think. And God's logic is simply this. As long as you have darkness in your heart, you don't have light. And that's offensive to us. But you know what? I think we know it's true. Because if your good things took care of your bad things, the bad would be gone by now. Right? If it was just do enough good things, all the bad would have washed out. It would all be taken care of. If that was enough, I know you have tried hard enough. I know you have done enough good that it seems like all that bad should go away. Well, why is it still in here? Why is what I've done still out there? And see, our logic is, well, just be less bad. But God's logic is, no, be perfect. And our logic is, okay, well, I'll try. I'll try to be good. And God's logic is, you know you can't. And so our logic is, well, then I don't have any hope anyway. And God's beautiful logic is, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I will bring the light into your darkness where you cannot be light. Isn't it a beautiful thing? That's what's behind that nativity scene. That's what's behind this incredible moment. And so picking up where we left off in verse 10, it says, he, and this is Jesus, was in the world. And here we hear it again. And through the, wor- and through the world was made, oh, excuse me, though, I gotta learn how to read. And though the world was made through him, the world did not catch this, recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. They neither recognized him, we neither recognized him nor received him. The ones he created, the ones he made, neither recognized him nor received him. Now, do you know who missed it? Do you know who didn't receive Jesus? Church people, religious people, pastors were the worst. The pastors and the preachers and the leaders in the church, the one who had studied the scriptures, the one who knew God better than anyone else knew God, missed him. The ones who knew good better than anyone else knew good, missed him. And as you look in the scripture, who did receive him? Who did recognize him? Do you know who it was? Thugs. Thugs. Prostitutes. Cheaters, swindlers, liars, sinners. They're the ones who was like, oh, what is that? There is something there. And do you know what the difference between the pastor and the thug was? One of them knew their need. The other one couldn't see it. I was talking to a good friend of mine just this week. And he was telling me about a sermon that he did on the wise men. I thought it was so good. And, and so he was telling me that in his searching and understanding of them that he found that the wise men actually, they weren't noble kings, but they were like, they were like tarot card readers. They're like palm readers. They're like people that we would say, never go to them. 
There were people like we'd say, those people really, they don't come to church. They're not part of us. They're the ones that recognized him. And if my friend's right, what I love about this is it's just another example of the one thing that they knew was their need. They knew they needed him. So when he came, they recognized him. The problem is not, it is not that you're too bad. The problem is that we think we're too good. Not great, no one thinks we're great, but we're good enough, right? We're a lot better than that guy or that girl, right? We're doing better than them at least. See, but those who found Jesus knew they weren't. Those who find Jesus today know they aren't. They know their need. The truth is, is we don't want to reckon with the real darkness that's within and the need, the desperate need that we have for his light. And we can't, as Americans, we cannot imagine that there's some way, there's no way for us to figure this out on our own. We can't imagine that there's some way for us to pull it off if we would just try hard enough and be good enough. And no matter how hard we try, we cannot. And do you see how this nativity scene is so much more than a donkey and a baby and a stable and a star? Do you see the power behind it? What it is, it's the truth about where we are. It's the truth about what we really need. It's the truth about who God really is and what God really does. It's about the creator knowing us and seeing us at our very worst. I don't want to bring you there, but if you think for just a minute about your very worst moment. And I want you to understand that he sees you at your very worst moment and he loves you. That while we were his enemies, while we were opposed to him, he reaches out to us. That while you were at your worst, that is the moment that he died for and to come and shine his light on your heart by his death and his sacrifice to bring you into relationship with him. This is the pillar of creation. And this is what he has done for us. So I want to look a little bit deeper here because there's another truth that you need to understand here in verse 12. It says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And I want to focus on that word become, to become children of God, because here's our logic. Our logic is, well, everyone is God's child. Become. See, see, God's logic is that everyone is loved. Everyone is valuable. Everyone is precious. Everyone is beautiful. Everyone is desired. But we become children only through receiving Jesus. It's the only way that we once were not his children, in Jesus we become his children. See, there actually is one condition to your salvation. There is one condition to the light shining on your soul, and it's not becoming good. The one condition is you have to receive it. You have to say, yes, Jesus. And see, Jesus, God is such that he will not force the light on you. He values your ability to choose. He values your free will love too much to force it on you. He will, if you prefer the darkness, he will allow you to have the darkness. But we believe and we receive and then we become. See, we believe and then we receive and then we become. 
And that little video that we had that kind of went through Jesus' eye, if it would have gone through his heart, this is the passage it would have ended on. Become my children. I want you. Do you know that's what God says? I want you. I love you. I died for you. It is for you. My heart beats for you to be children of God. I was listening to a show on the radio, an NPR show, and it was, they were talking, this lady was talking about like getting in touch with your ancestors and connecting with them. And, and she said, oh, how beautiful it is to connect with ancestors. I don't know, you. sometimes I yell at the radio. You ever yell at the radio? If I'm watching a Bronco game, I'm yelling at that thing like the whole time, right? And it doesn't change a lot, but I try. And so this time I, I, I was yelling at the radio, not yelling at the radio, but I was like, do you know what's really beautiful? Connecting with your creator. That's beautiful. I mean, bring, bring those uh, pillars of creation up again. The one who made that that we get to have a relationship with him? Did you know that no human eye saw that until 1995, but yet he created it? And there it was. I, I wonder what other mysteries, what other things has he created that our children's children's children, they're gonna be the first ones to ever see it that you and I have never seen. Yet our creator, how amazing these things that he puts out. How beautiful it is to connect with our creator. How beautiful it is to be the child of the one who made that. So amazing, so powerful. How beautiful that that very creator, the pillar of creation, would come to this earth so that we would be his children. That that creator knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to feel hungry. Actually, he was tempted. Do you know that there's three times in the Bible where Jesus cried? Get that, God cried. Holy cow. The one who created that cried. Why? All three times have to do with the brokenness that comes from sin. All three times has to come with the hurt that we've caused ourselves and the hurt that we have to go through because of the dark that's within us. That creator who cries for us, who created it all and knows us all, to make us his children, to walk with us every day, that's beautiful. That's amazing. And now there is meaning in every single moment. Romans 8.28 tells us that all things work together for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things is all things. So tonight, if you open your Christmas presents with your family, or if you do it the right way and wait till tomorrow, <laughs> when you do it, it matters. In Christ, there's actually meaning to that. If, if we, we see, we, he's coming so we can walk with him at all times. We could be with him in everything, that we have his presence for today and great promise and hope for tomorrow. And his light would shine on our hearts. And do you know what his light brings? It's not work harder, it's not be better, it brings forgiveness. It takes away shame, it takes away guilt. And he doesn't say earn it. He says, just become, just be my child. And that's what the whole thing's about. Just be with me. Don't be good, be near. Come to know me and love me. So amazing that he brings real change. And there's more, he just keeps going. And it's all found in him as we become his children. Romans 10.9 tells us 
that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We believe, we receive, and we become. But here's the logic of the world. The logic of the world is that let's add a little Jesus to our life because he's a good thing. So we got this bowl of our life and like, yeah, we'll sprinkle in a little Jesus. A little Jesus will make it tastier, right? It'll make things a little bit better. A little more Jesus, that's good. God has a different, completely logic, different logic. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Lord. Actually what it is, it's to come to Jesus and say, I will give you everything. It's to say, I will be radically transformed. That you, God, Jesus, you become my focus. You become my purpose. You become my direction. You become my everything. You become my all in all in every moment. And you are the one. You are the great pursuit. You are what I'm living for. And I'm actually laying down my lordship. I am no longer king of this castle, but I'm setting you up on your throne where you rightfully belong because you are the pillar of creation. You are the Lord. You are the king. It's not adding a little Jesus to your life to make it a little bit better. It's to radically transform everything and say, okay, now I will follow you. I will go. It's called to repent. It's saying, I'm going this way, which was my way, and now I'm going this way, which is God's way, and that's the way I'm going to walk the rest of my life, where he will radically transform our focus and purpose, our pursuit and our plan, where he will be Lord. And the beautiful thing is that the pillar of creation the most holy, holy, perfect, powerful one would call you. That he would call me. And he would look at you and he would point at you and he'd say, I want you to be my child. You're my daughter. You're my son. Come to me and be with me. Fellowship with me. That God would fellowship with us. I want to show you a little uh, clip from uh, The Chosen and it's... Uh, it's the call of Matthew. And so Matthew was uh, one of the disciples. And uh, but before that, he was a tax collector, which was considered to be the worst of the worst by the Jews because what he had done is he had turned on his own people. And so he would collect money from his fellow people and give it over to the Romans. And he would often cheat his own people. And he was, he was a thug. And uh, we see this moment here where Jesus calls him. And I think it's uh, pretty symbolic of how he calls you. Let's go ahead and play it. A mother of a son with talent like yours should be proud. She's ashamed that I could use the talent that God gave me against God. Next, you're good at something. You found a way to make a living doing it. It's that simple. Must be nice to live in a world so simply ordered. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy's done? 
Yes. Listen, I said to What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. You lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. The logic of the world. Him? You? The logic of the world. Me? The logic of God. Yes. Yes. Come follow me. Make me Lord. The logic of the world. You're going to give up your money. You're going to give up your way. You're going to live, give up your rights. You're going to give up what you have to follow me. The logic of the, of the logos of God. Yes. I'll give it all. I'll give you all I have. The logic of the logos. There is no pursuit that is more worthwhile. There's no connection that matters more. There's none other who is the pillar of creation who knows you as you really are and loves you. The one who came, yes, as a child, but who is also the creator, more powerful, more holy, more perfect than you could ever possibly dream, but more close and more kind and more loving than you could ever possibly hope. That's the one we follow. So I want to invite you right now to heed his call. I want to invite you to come follow him. I want to invite you to make him Lord. Because he is the only way. He is the pillar of creation. So we're going to take a moment right now, and I'm just going to let you have your own moment with God. So could I ask everyone just to close your eyes, just bow your head, let everyone have their moment with God. And here's a chance right now. I want to give you a chance to say, okay, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give him my life. I want to make him Lord. And so if that's you, if you want to have a relationship with your creator, if you want to follow him, become a follower of Jesus, just, just lift your hand up right now. Just lift it up high and keep it up. There's a bunch up here in the front. And there, we got some, uh, we're just going to set a book by you. And once you get that couple of books, you can put your hand down, some over here. Now, now, if you would say, okay, well, I was with Jesus. Some back there, thank you. I was with Jesus, but it's been a long time and I've kind of lost my way. Listen, he wants you back right now. Raise your hand right now if you want to come back to him. Right up here in front, Karen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's more. We're going to wait for just a minute. There's more, yeah, right there in the back. Now, if you'd say, well, I've been around him, I kind of know him, I know about him, I've put a little Jesus in the bowl, but he's not really my Lord. There's one in the very back, please. 
and I want to make him my Lord now, not just someone I know about. If that's you, raise your hand right now. I want to make him my Lord. I'm going to wait just a minute more. I don't, I don't think we're quite done. Don't miss your chance. Now's your time to come to your creator. There's one right here. One way over there on the right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, it's going to start with a prayer. We're going to pray a prayer right now. And this is the beginning. And I want you to understand that when we pray this prayer, what happens is you move from not a child to becoming a child. You're going to invite Jesus in. And this is a choice where you're saying, okay, I'm going to follow him now. But I want you to understand that it is just the beginning. And if you treat it as anything other than just the beginning, what will happen about two or three years from now, you'll be like, ah, I think I did something at a church once. And it has to be the start where you endeavor to make him Lord, where you decide to follow after him, where you chase him and pursue him and you, and you start to do things his way. So I want to encourage you after you pray this prayer that you find a church. You're welcome to come to this church. There's a lot of good churches in this town though. So just find a place where, where people can help you grow in this relationship with God. Find a, a tribe, some other people to help you, okay? And then I, I want to encourage you to, to pray just to start talking to him. And read the, read the book of John that we just started with. You're already done with the first 14 verses. And learn more about him and grow in him, okay? So let's begin with that prayer. So if you raise your hand, just pray this after me. Everyone, anyone can pray right now and ask Jesus. Let's begin. So just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I repent. I, I turn from doing it my way and now I do it your way. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Take my life. You are my Lord. And I will follow you for the rest of my days. Now, Lord, I just thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer. I thank you for every person who said yes to you right now. And I ask God that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. That's one of the things you promise is that your Holy Spirit now, when we become your children, your Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord, to guide them and teach them and show them and convict them and encourage them and strengthen them, God, because the whole thing was that you wanted connection with your creation. The whole purpose so we can walk hand in hand with you. So help us walk, oh God, with you. Help us draw near to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, become our Lord as we become your child. In Jesus' name, amen. And hey guys, let's welcome our brothers and sisters right now. Praise God. Good job. Yeah. You know, the shepherds knew something was going on. Joseph knew something was going on. Mary knew something was going on, but could they know? Could they know that the pillar of creation came on Christmas? And could they know that he did it all so he would die for us so that we could be with him? Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you. <laughs>